When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Det er direkte juk. Jeg sa ingenting til dommerne. Ja, dritlei. Han får begynne å følge meg. Tått også! I indre banemøter så handler det da om spillerne som er eller har vært i eliteserien og som har et liv og en historie som vi rett og slett har lyst til å høre litt mer om. I dag så møter vi en av dem som virkelig har en bakgrunn som skiller sig fra de fleste fotballkollegene her i Norge. Han har vokst opp med en jamaikansk fotballpappa i Kingston, Jamaica. Og det er fotballen som har ført ham fra det han selv beskriver som ghettoen til Sørlandsidyll i start. Det skal handle om deres 26 år gamle midtstopper Damien Lowe i dag. I guess you want to do this in English or Norwegian? English. <laughs> How is your Norwegian now? It's basic, very basic. Okay, we try, we'll try English. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have no special. We have some set questions that we, that we ask uh, everyone, Damien, and we'll we'll do that with you as well. Um, first of all, what was your uh, very first uh, strong uh, football memory? Um. I think growing up, there's a lot of memories because growing up, you know, in Jamaica, it's a very uh, big footballing country, you know, and um, rich in culture and, you know, it's a sporting uh, country. So since I knew myself, I was kicking around maybe a bottle <laughs> or something, you know, uh, paper, anything that, uh, you know, we can find to maybe roll up into a ball and play. So, uh, yeah, growing up in my community, I'm from um, East Kingston. Um yeah, we played a lot outside when we were younger, since I was maybe four years old. You know, just running about, you know, and kicking around empty bottles or making a makeshift ball or something. Who is your favorite player in uh, Elite Serien? I will go with Shala. But I could also <laughs> pick Kevin Cabran, you know. A lot of the guys like Aremu, Isaac, although they're all my boys, you know, we don't really compare each other, but I, I, I enjoyed playing with Shala a lot Ellen Shala so yeah he's we're really close friends also you know talk almost every day even though we're rivals now but we're kind of like family now who's the best player that you have ever played against against ah that's a tough one but I can say Juninho uh Brazilian Juninho he was my magician when I played against him um, yeah, but I've also played against like Obafemi Martins, 
you know, Clint Dempsey, Lion Dula, you know, just to name a few. A lot of legends there, but uh, yeah, Juninho, Brazilian Juninho, when he was in uh, New York Red Bulls, we played against them in the Cup. And he was really good. He was a bit older at the time, but he was still really good. So, you know, to me, I was like in awe. Like, if he, imagine when he was 20 years old, <laughs> you know? Yeah, but he was, he was the best player I played against. What is your favorite uh, football clip on YouTube? Do you have any clips that you watch over and over? Um, I like to watch myself. You know, it <laughs> motivates me. But I think like uh, watching uh, uh, Chapstam, he's crazy, you know. He, he reminds me of myself sometimes. <laughs> you know, he's number 31, you know, ball-headed, old-school centre-back. Just runs through everything. But also growing up, I used to like to watch, uh, you know, Joga TV. You know, Ronaldinho. He has inspired so many players and young, young guys growing up. You know, it made them. It made us fall in, fall in love with football. You know, with Eric Cantona as the host and stuff like that. So you know, watching Joga TV was really good. Seeing Ronaldinho's skills and all the tricks that he did. But uh, when you watch yourself, clips of uh, yourself playing, uh, is there uh, anyone in particular that uh, gives you motivation or makes you proud or that you just enjoy to yeah, watch? I'm... Yeah, but like, you know, growing up, I, I grew up in a really rough community, you know, in Jamaica. And I've seen a lot of talented players that didn't make it out. And a lot of my friends that has passed away through violence and stuff like that. So. I use them kind of, you know, for my motivation because if they see that I'm being successful and I was able to make it out, you know, it's it also pushes them and inspires them to let them know that, yeah, you can also, you know, be where I'm at or even further. So I try to, you know, use them as motivation and also my family because, you know, if I don't succeed, then they won't succeed, you know, because then they will feel like, okay, I, it's not possible because I'm from the same area, I'm from the same community, and um, it wasn't possible for me. So it, it's not going to be possible for them. So I, I, there's no room for you know excuses or failure for me. I just have to keep going, and I feel like that. That's the drive. That's the fire that I carry around in my belly every day, every minute of the hour. Yeah, I read that you described your neighborhood um, back home as a as a ghetto. How rough was it when you were growing up? really really rough you know a lot of my friends have passed away through gun violence you know through illness you know maybe in the system now the prison system um seen a lot of my friends who grew up with each other trying to basically hurt each other trying to take each other's lives um yeah just the the the, the unemployment rate you know the opportunities to, to, to even get a job, to even make a living for yourself is is very limited, you know, and, you know, sometimes with that, it leads to you or a person trying to do whatever it takes, you know, to make a living, and that usually runs wrong with the law. So, yeah, it's, it's I, I mean, there's a lot of also very smart people, very, it's a good soccer players, there's a lot of talented people, from my community but the resources that are available to them is limited you know so it's very hard it's very hard and i feel like i was one of the lucky ones you know to really push and uh, believe in my talent and believe 
in the people around me and uh, they motivated me and I was able to, to, to be where I'm at today. Yeah, if you didn't have football, do you think that um, uh, life could have been uh, difficult for you too? Or was it different for you growing up with a, uh, it, such a famous dad playing football? It was kind of different, but it wasn't different, I could say, because I was still around, I was still in the same environment, you know. There's a high possibility if there was no football for me, I could have, you know, ended up on the, the, the wrong side. Um, the influence was around, you know, everything was available to me that was not legal. Um, but sometimes, you know, you have to, you know, take responsibilities for yourself and, you know, know what you want and know what you want to achieve. And especially with the famous father, you know, um, that also motivated me. There was no room for error. And um, just also, you know, my friends, you know, they saw that the talent that I had, you know, and even though they are as good as me or even better than me, but they didn't get the opportunity to, 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 to be as successful. They drive me, they push me, they don't allow me to to fall off, you know. They, they, they basically tell me like, listen, you know, you're a motivation, you're the golden child, you know, if you, your, your success is ours, you know, if you don't, you know, go forward and push forward, we, we're gonna stay here forever, you know, so, um, that's just uh, another, you know, motivation that I take, you know, very seriously. Let's talk a little bit about your father, um, Unandilo. Uh, you already mentioned he was playing in the World Cup. He was playing in Europe. Uh, how big a star was he um, when you were growing up? <laughs> a very big star. A very big star. Um, it was sometimes, you know, overwhelming, you know, as a kid growing up. You know, um, in the community, you know, sometimes, you know, for Jamaicans, we're not, we don't get really hyped about celebrities that much. Um, so, like, in our community, was, he was seen normal. He was also, he was still big, you know, he's very respected, but he was also normal, just hang out, chill with everybody, people he grew up with. But when you go outside in the bigger world or, like, outside the community in Jamaica, you know, he's seen as a legend, you know, people look up to him so much. Like, sometimes I'm like, what? This guy's like, got to them, you know? But it's the joy and it's the happiness he brought to them when he was playing on the field, you know? And, you know, he was an inspiration, you know? He's, he could have been one of the best strikers in the world, you know? He could have been. That's how talented he is. And I've met people in Europe, I've met a lot of coaches in America, and they've said, like, he was the best player they've ever ever played against or the hardest striker they've ever played against you know and that's to show like if you see his stats he scored if you watch on youtube he was absolutely fantastic what well, what stopped him do you think from being even uh, more successful than he already was you say that he could have been the best in the world yeah i mean like um you know the world has evolved now where we have more um, access to agents, to managers, to, you know, people that could guide you in the right direction. Back then in the early 90s or late 90s, early 2000s, you know, maybe players didn't really have an agent or a manager or people around them that they trust that could maybe keep them grounded, keep them, you know, or manage them properly. You know, I feel like sometimes, and then that just goes away. You know, you just play your career, 
just do what you want. You're a young kid in a foreign country making money. You don't really have any responsibilities or, yeah, you have kids, but they're okay because you're making enough money. But, you know, you don't have the guidance and you make mistakes that you shouldn't make, that we all do, you know, we're humans, you know, and that sometimes that, that get, get the best of you. Yeah, there was also uh, an incident when he was in Coventry, that was in 2004, um, when they ended your father's contract. Uh, he was arrested over, yeah. I guess, dealing drugs. He was, as I can understand it, never uh, never convicted in court. He was uh, freed of the charge yeah. in court, but that was a big case. Uh, and you were 11 at that time, uh, I guess, having your father yeah. as your big hero. How, how did all that uh, affect you? It affected me a lot. It affected me a lot, both publicly, personally, you know, emotionally, you know, like I came under a lot of, our family came under a lot of scrutiny, you know, a lot of people had a lot of bad things to say about us, you know, especially with the type of person he is, you know, he's more outspoken, you know, he always has a presence, you know, he tell you as it is, you know, he's, he, he was, re he's, he was really good, you know, he has a swagger to him, so, of course, as a world-class player, every player come, have a lot of like people that talk bad about them and people that talk good about them, you know. And you know, when you basically put more wood into the fire, it's gonna blaze, you know. And people they just wait on stuff to talk about, and that came up, and it was very hard, you know, especially for me going to school, playing in the local leagues and stuff. You know, people were shouting, you know, hate speeches at me and stuff like that growing up or family. You know, you had to go low-key for a little bit, you know, and just uh, be away from, you know, general population, stuff like that. But it was really hard, you know, especially for me emotionally. But that's what motivated me, I think, you know, because that's also one of the things. Because growing up and I see that and I see the the things, even, he wasn't convicted, you know, he's a free man. And a lot of people still, you know, talk so much and they use it against me, you know, talking about you know, my father and drugs and stuff like that. And I tried to now prove everybody that, listen, you know, he's a legend, you know, you should respect him. And for me, you know, we have to shine a brighter light on our name. You know, I feel like that put a dent in our name a little bit. And now it's my job to, to, to you know, to get that out, to get rid of that, you know, to basically refurbish it. And um, I feel like I've been doing a good job of that. But you, you feel that you have to be even more uh, on the right side all the time and that there is less room for error for you because of that uh, incident? Yes, definitely, because people are basically waiting. There are people that just waiting to see my, my downfall or failure. You know, there are people that anticipate a lot of stuff. You know, there are people that have surprised because even just being around them or meeting them for the first time, they're expecting to meet to, for me to, you know, basically be like my father, you know, he's not a bad guy, he's a really good guy, but people always have a bad part to view and they just put that in front and they stick with that, you know? And um, as I said, he's an outspoken guy, he tell you as it is, and sometimes you don't like it, but it's the truth sometimes, and sometimes, yeah, he, he's a bit harsh, but that's who he is, you know? And um, if you get to know him personally, you're gonna say, oh, this guy's the nicest guy in the world. He's like a Zlatan, you know? He might look like a very bad guy on the pitch, you know, talk so much, blah, blah, blah. But in person, if you're close to him, nicest guy ever, you know, um, 
And when I meet people for the first time or like they they don't know me and they see me play and then they meet me after they're like, oh, wow, you know, what I've heard about you, like, oh, or I'm, I was expecting to be like your father, you know, or, mm. you know, to be arrogant or to be aggressive or something. And uh, yeah. So for me, it's there's no room for error. It's limited, you know, because there's a lot of people that anticipate, you know, such bad stuff. Uh, you went to the U.S. when you were only 17. Um, you went to university, yeah. playing while you were there, and then went on to play for um, uh, major league uh, teams in the U.S. Uh, uh, what uh, culturally the biggest shock for you was that coming from Jamaica to the U.S. or coming from the U.S. To Norway. Coming from the US to Norway for sure. <laughs> yeah, because How was so that? to make I mean when I came, when I met uh, TK and everything, you know, it's it's like yeah, you know, it's Christian Sun, so it's not that cold, you know. He marketed <laughs> Christian Sun like, okay, yes, this is the place. You know, okay. So I'm like, okay, yeah, the weather once the weather is good, good people, small city, all right, it's something new. I'll take it on, you know, but when I came and then the first week, it was beautiful weather, you know, we went on the boat, everything. I'm like, yes, I love this place, you know, but then it started raining and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but um, I played in Seattle, so it was raining maybe all year, you know, it was dark all year. So it that kind of prepared me for uh, Christian Sun, you know, but... And then after that, it started snowing. I think we had a bad snowstorm in like the end of 2017. In, in going into 2018 in preseason, we had a really bad snow days. And then I was like, no chance. This can't be the Christian Sun that everybody's talking about. <laughs> you know, but uh, after that, it got better. But uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of different. It's really different, you know, than what I expected. Because, you know, I've been living in America for what, maybe nine, eight years now. So it's like, Coming here, it's, it's it was very um, surprising with some stuff. Yeah, well, what's what is the weirdest thing um, about us Norwegians? We can take it. Just tell the truth. Truth. The weirdest thing. Ah, I feel like I don't know. Sometimes, if like okay, there's one instance. I think maybe if I say like okay, good morning. You know. Like if I walk into a room and I say good morning, like nobody answers. <laughs> and I find that. But then I ask around and they're like, yeah, it's a Norwegian thing. Like, yeah, they acknowledge you, but they don't really feel like they have to say it back sometimes, you know. Um, and I feel like with my personality and being in playing in Norway, it just comes off like I'm the villain all the time or like, Maybe I'm too aggressive, you know, but if I was maybe around maybe other people, like not Norwegians, because the experience is from Norwegian people, I feel like I wouldn't be seen as aggressive or like, okay, yeah, you know, he's going to always crush you or something like that, you know, but uh, other than that, I think my experience with uh, Norwegian people has been really good. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at Burrow.com Acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, and you said that uh, the weather was not uh, exactly like promised. And I guess also you came in yep. the summer of 2017, and that was when uh, the new owners were just in, the new mil millions were coming in to start, and everything was... Um, really optimistic and uh, ambitious uh, um has uh, the the sport side of this uh, been as you were promised or as you expected here here people talk about that when they when they signed you in 2017 i mean you know with start we have big aspirations big goals you know and that's what attracted me because sometimes you have to you know i know it was wasn't the biggest club but you know some when your goals and what you want to set the standards and the players that you um attract and have attracted you know and you see like okay it's a young group you know that has good quality players you know we can make steps we can grow as a team and that's oh you know i want to write my name in the history books at all times you know i want to be a part of history every single time when you talk about a club when you talk about a team you know i should be mentioned in it because i want to impact that positively you know and i feel like start young group a lot of people on this made us saying oh very mature this that we can't really maintain um the quality of play consistently and i feel like going into start and us everything that we do will people will pay attention people will see which means if we win the elitisory, if we qualify for Europe, if we, you know, top four, whatever we do, win the cup, people will remember us because of, you know, the type of players that we have. And, you know, for us, 
it's swagger. I feel like start we have a swagger. We are very, you know, um, we have we have a lot of confidence. We have big aspirations and dreams, and I feel like it 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 it, it will attract players, and it attracted me. And it, it, I mean, for the years I've been here, it's been a roller coaster, you can say, you know, pertaining to you know playing in the leagues and stuff. But it, the 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 vision has never been blurred, you know. We, we've stayed focused and uh, we, we know what we want to achieve. Yeah, you say it's been a, a roller coaster. You have been uh, relegated, uh, you have been promoted, uh, promoted twice <laughs> while you've been there, yeah. and you had a lot of coaches uh, coming and going. How was, how was it like for you uh, when Shetty uh, Rektal turned up at the match against Olesen uh, and all of a sudden was going to oh. uh, lead you anyway? Yeah, I mean, Chetel is like that, you know, he believes, um, he's a guy that has great belief in his philosophy and, you know, in his his players. And if he he gives an instruction, he tries to let the players and the team do it to the best of their ability, you know, and he gives good feedback and he tells you as it is and you have to man up and take it because this is football, you know. And um, that day, you could see that he really wanted you know, to be a part of the club and really wanted to be, you know, you know, the leader of the team. Um, for me, I kind of felt bad, you know, about the situation. It was very touching and uh, it was a sensitive situation, you know, pertaining to because at the end of the day, the owners and the, the board have the, the last say, you know, the players can do so much, but just perform on the field. But uh, you could see that the fans appreciated him also. The fans were uh, cheering him, shouting his name, you know, showing their support. It was sad, but uh, it is what it is. It's football, you know, it's a business. You know, people come and go all the time, players and coaches. Yeah, after the promotion, uh, after the 2017 uh, season, you had a you had a good pre-season leading up to, to 2018, but then... Uh, you had problems when the season started um, and you were told that you had problems with your heart. Tell us about what was going on then. Um, yeah, it was a really good preseason. I was in shape. I feel like I was too much in shape. That's why. <laughs> um, yeah, feel, playing well, feeling good. Um, we're in training and uh, I said to, I think, Mick. Mick Priest at the time, I said, you know, I don't feel well. I feel low energy, but I just had lunch. And he was like, ah, maybe it's because you had two days off, you know, just take your time to get back into it. And I'm like, oh, I have like a snack in the room. I have like a banana or like shake or something, you know. So I went inside and I have I had half of a banana. I came back out. I kind of felt a little bit better, but then I just wasn't training properly. And uh, I said, you know, I still don't feel right. And he's like, okay, just go on the other side. We're going to do some walkthrough with the defenders and stuff. And I was just standing there and I felt like I was just falling forward to the ground without me controlling it. But I caught myself, you know, last minute. Then I just felt like there was just someone just pounding on my chest. And then I just ran to the physio room and just lay there. And I felt like okay, this was it, because my heart was felt like it was bursting out my chest, you know, that... So, did you, did you think you were dying at that moment, yeah. or had a heart attack, or...? Yeah, 
Yeah, I felt like I've never thought about death ever in my life, but in that moment, I felt like it was a high possibility that I could have passed. Hmm. Very high possibility. It must have been extremely scary. Yes, very scary because I've never experienced that before. Um, it was a very scary and emotional time for me. Very, very dark time. That was the worst period of my life ever. But, you know, health is wealth and, you know, we're thankful that uh, we have life and we're back to normal. Yeah, what happened after that? Uh, I guess you you were uh, sent to the hospital, did every checkup, and uh, and what did what did they find out? What was going on? Um, I had like an irregular heartbeat, but also that's what the first diagnostic says. Because obviously, yeah, when you do that, you have an arrhythmia, you get checked, and they see that you have an irregular heartbeat. But then they don't really know what's inside until you they go inside and do the proper uh, checks. And uh, I went to Denmark, we did one surgery, but you know, they have some new technology where they could run like some small wires through the, the vessels, the veins. So they did that and they took control of my heart. They couldn't find what it was. Then so he came back and then it happened twice. We, we were gonna play against Rosenberg. We were the day before the training it happened again, but I didn't. I didn't inform, you know, the doctors because uh, they they said they like. I, I I was wearing like this wire thing in training, you know, to monitor, so they mm -hmm. knew. But I didn't say because I felt like okay, I can get through this, you know. Every player they always want to play, especially playing against Rosenberg, you know. They qualify for the Champions League, uh, Europa League. You want to play against the biggest club in Norway, you know. And uh, so I just, I felt fine after. I just breathed, I relaxed, it went away. And I went to play, it was fine. But then when I came back, the doctor met me and he's like, yeah, we saw that it happened again. So you're gonna have to do another operation where we have to put a monitor inside your chest, just above you know, your heart so we can see what's going on and everything. So, and then I did like, you know, they put like iodine inside your hand and then put it in your blood vessel and they see inside your heart and see what's going on. And they saw that there was like, I had two nerves doing the same job. So, you know, the heart, you have inner chamber, outer chamber. So there's two nerves that's doing the same job. So instead of your heart goes like beat, like boom, boom, it beats like boom, 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 you know, so it, they had to basically, I was supposed to do like a, a third surgery to burn it out using radiation and everything. But after speaking with the doctor and everything, I was literally wired up everything outside the surgery room. And I was so nervous, you know, and he, he came out and he's like, you know, I read your profile and everything. And to be honest, you're young there's a high possibility you have side effects and you will never play again if you do this and the side effects goes the way you don't want it to go. You know, it can affect your career. You know, if you were 50, 60 years old, then yeah, we can do it. But no, I don't recommend it because then your career would be very limited. And, you know, I, I, if you were my son, I wouldn't allow you to do this. So he said, you can go home. 
So I just packed it up and I went home. Yeah, and then so you now kept I kept on uh, playing. Yeah, I kept on playing. Um, I have a I have a monitor in my chest right now that basically sends a signal to the hospital whenever there's an arrhythmia or anything. They know I have a panic button. Basically, if anything happens, I just press it and it notifies them and maybe ambulance stuff like that. They know. But um, I'm over that. I'm past that. Um, I'm healthy. You know, um, it hasn't affected me um, that much. It's totally normal for me now. Um, it won't. It doesn't affect me playing. You know, so I just give God thanks for that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then um, last fall, you were promoted again. You're back in Elite Serien after. After a crazy night uh, at Orosen, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. We, I think, everyone remembers uh, the the pictures of you with that uh, flag, and your celebration was uh, stopped by the guards. Uh, tell yeah. us what happened. <laughs> um, you want to know about the guards? <laughs> yeah, well, I want to know about everything about that night. Okay, so you know that night up to one in the first leg. We're like, okay, we're, we're, we're good. You know, it's also a dangerous position to be in, you know, because if they score, they're back into it and they're going to be scoring at home. But we're like, okay, <clears throat> it's fine. We got this. We know we can play them. We're playing well. We know we can beat them. They haven't been getting a lot of results. I think they lost like, what, 11 in a row or something. You know, they just changed coaches. So during a playoff so it's they're in a very delicate situation you know they have to win so they're going to be vulnerable started the game it just happened where they scored right away i have no idea how the ball went that way because it just deflected and went straight across the goal technically if you look okay in position wise a left back the left back shouldn't be that high on top of the 18 because they're attacking with their right back, so the left back should stay home and to balance the, the back four. But he was on top of our box, which means they only had two guys, the two centre-backs, at the back. And he just got it and shot. One time it went through my legs, goal. And I laughed to myself. I laughed and I'm like, what? This can't be real. They're back into it. They didn't even deserve it. They just scored and they're back into it. It's 2-2. Two -two. So... They scored again, and I'm like, this can't be serious. We need to get it together. So I think we were 2-0 down halftime. We yeah. went in, and nobody, we weren't panicking at all. Joey gave his, his instructions, and we said, okay, guys, we need to stick to it. Stick to our game plan. We don't change. Stick to the game plan. We're going to get something. And then we came back out, and they scored maybe 10 minutes in. 3-0. Three, three and I shake my head. The guys are like, oh, it's a bad day for us. Nothing is going right. We're not getting any chances. We're trying to play, but it's nothing is going well. You know, and um, they went 4-0. And I'm like, okay, listen, I need to take this in my own hands. You know, we need, as a team, we need to take this in our, our hands. I bring everyone in. Except for Jonas, because Jonas is he's a goalie. I don't know what to tell him, you know. <laughs> um, so I call everybody in and I said, listen, 
it doesn't end like this. We've worked too hard. This is us four nil down with 15 minutes to go. And I said to them, listen, we can't, we can't, we're not going to, if we lose this game, let's lose it fighting, you know, like it not, it's not going to end like this. We've come too far, you know, to, to make it end like this. I said, listen, I'm going to go to striker and Joey's going to put, we had a plan B where I, I go to striker, Joey puts on a center back, but it happens that Yoki, he got injured. So it happened right away. So he Espin came on and I went up and I was like, okay, guys, because I, I, I played striker when I was younger. A lot of people don't know that. I used to be really good at playing striker. I scored a lot of goals in my youth days. Um, so when I said that to them, I said, listen, and this I felt like was the most important message I gave them. I said, if we score one goal, we just need one goal and we're back into it. We just need one goal because this is a tie. If we score one, it's going to break the ice and they're going to panic. And so said, so done. Martin Ramsdott, savior of start. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like the game plan worked because if you look at the goals, all the balls came to me. Obviously, they're going to attract players because they think like, okay, Demo is going to head all the balls, so we need to send players to him. And the guy who doesn't head ever has two assists off his head, Kevin Cabran. He never heads and he just flicks because I go, two players come, Kevin goes free, he flicks it on. And we score. When we score one, we said, listen, now we step on the gas. We go again. We don't change. We went two. And then three. And then I'm like, okay, back to center back. I So I asked the ref. When we went three, I asked the ref, like, if it ends like this, we're through, right? And he's like, I think so. <laughs> and I'm like, sure? okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay. And then I went back and I'm telling you, I defended my life out. I... I wasn't, my, my head wasn't in the game. I was just focused on clearing all the balls, winning all my duels. I didn't hear the fans. I didn't hear any instruction from the coaches. I didn't hear my teammates. I was just locked in on wherever the ball is. You win your battle. And it got us through. And, you know, it was an amazing night. Amazing. And then you tried to celebrate with the fans and the flag. Yeah. I only see that on TV, you know, where, you know, when there are fan, a fan storms the field and the guards come and, like, crash into them. So I just had the, the flag running and I just, I, I don't know, in my peripheral, I see someone chasing to me to just slam me on the ground. And I saw him and I just turned sideways and he kind of, like, missed and pulled me. And I got so upset, but obviously, you know, I can't react so I was like, what's wrong with you? You know, I'm a player. I'm allowed to celebrate. I'm celebrating with my fans. And he's like, no, you can't. Give me the flag. And I'm like, you're a bitter fan. Yes, you're a bitter fan. Serve you right. You're going down. And I just walked away. Yeah, that was but... really, really a crazy night. And uh, now you're back. Whenever uh, Elite Serena is going to start up again, uh, I guess. Um... Yeah. But there is a lot of insecurities now. Obviously, you are um, you are uh, temporarily uh, suspended from working um, in yeah. start, and there's a lot of talks about contracts and players being able to leave right now. And um, have you had any interest? Uh, is it a possibility for you if this uh, drags on that you 
that you might change club in this situation? Right now, there's a lot of uncertainties, you know, so you I can't really, there's not much to say. You just have to be waiting, basically, because, you know, the economy for every club, you know, is at risk right now, you know. So I doubt clubs are really looking at anyone right now. They're more focused on, you know, stabilizing, you know, their current players and economy and stuff. So for me now, it's just trying to just stay in shape. And wait it out, you know, wait for the world to, to heal again and to everything back to normal. And then we go from there. Um, and yeah, as I get again, the situation pertaining to like interest and stuff. No, I think it's been silent. I think everyone has been silent, you know, so you're not hearing much. You're mostly hearing just updates from your own club. Like, okay, this is going to happen pertaining to, you know, salaries or like, you know, when we're going to be able to start training and stuff like that and be safe, you know, practice, you know, good, you know, healthy hygiene. Um, not much about transfers or uh, moving on right now. No. And also, I guess you have uh, different worries as well. In addition to football, you have your little son, Damien Jr. Um, he's uh, living in Miami. And uh, do you feel that uh, he's, he's safe there or are you worried now? I mean, nowhere is safe right now. But, you know, the safest place in the world is in your house, basically. So um, once you stay inside, you know, and uh, stay away from, you know, crowd and like people you're not close with or even people you're close with, but people who are not in your household, you know, you should be fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as again, I'm, I'm concerned. I'm not much worried. I'm just concerned, you know, because anything can happen, you know, you can go outside to the grocery store and you know you just pick up a bottle of juice or something and the bacteria gets on you or you know someone coughs maybe two seconds before you walked in you go in that area and you you know something happens so you're at risk everywhere you go you just have to stay inside your home your own home basically and um he's he's safe right now and you know the family's safe and everybody all my family in jamaica is safe you know the young ones in jamaica is safe so uh, I talked to my brother and sisters and everybody, and they're good. Okay, we hope to see you back playing football soon, uh, Damien. Thanks for uh, sharing your story today. Og Indre Bane er tilbake allerede i morgen med flere intervjuer og flere møter. Takk for nå. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.